0: This is the one with Minecraft priests. An oversimplified god complex. An eternal life sentence. Her
1: name was
0: Umsang. She was a soldier. And one of those perpetual motion gimmicks they sell in Poundland. It's called the Battle of Ranskur of Kolos. Here we go. Whistle on our epic phrase All
1: through time and all through space With Slipin and angels now
0: Darling Cyber, Zood and WOW Counting Sonic's rating apps From the poor to the sublime Echoes to Whittaker Let's agree it's about time Who back when? Reviewing on you? who there is Who back when? Subscribe and rate on iTunes please Rose and Donna, Amy Pond, Rory Clara And beyond Join, Join us on this side to see what other choice could there be But who
1: back
0: when?
1: Who back when? when?
0: Shazamatron Podcast Land and welcome to oh my goodness an absolutely legendary I can feel it in my bones legendary episode of Who Back When a Doctor Who podcast wait for it <gasps> Doc Past <passed. laughs> <laughs> oh wow God knows that for a second dang right it is oh Podcast Land hello I am Leon and I am not just looking at I am in the physical presence of and in fact in the home of none other than drew back when himself hello drew
1: hello leon hello podcast land here in whitney tonight to witter on into your ear balls
0: oh indeed, Rooney and cheesecakes about Ranscore of bollocks of coloss of colons <laughs> all three equally applicable and accurate have
1: you been looking forward to this one uh, it's, it's been a double-edged sword <laughs> um
0: not looking forward to it looking forward to this yeah? yeah, this, yeah, yeah, what the, we're going to do right now. That's right. That's exactly what I meant. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so high level enjoyment, not on a scale from zero to five, but like thumbs up, thumbs down. I would
1: prefer to have Tim Shaw cut off my thumb and mail it back to Paltracchi <laughs> piece by piece rather than watch this again. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I'm
0: going to shock you a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> no, no. To be clear this is subpar <laughs> but but I, the par is in hell i actually enjoyed it a lot more than i expected to now my expectations were very low but yeah. I, I enjoyed this more than i thought.
1: crucial
0: disclaimer there yeah
1: <laughs> but what is this about drew it's about the battle of Rancor af oh you mean a b scale yeah <laughs> let's find out via a b scale let's That's what i
0: said Time for us to synopsize Slubify and summarize So take a view and, and grab a brew and, and listen to this overview yeah. This free-for-all we like to call A by sized chunk of who? who. bite chunk of who? The Doctor is astounded to receive very nearly ten distress calls from the planet whose name means disintegrator of the soul. Turns out a mere three and a half millennia earlier, everyone's least favourite impacted molar, Tim Shaw, terminated in there and convinced a two-person telekinetic sect that he was their creator, come to manifest with them a while.
1: Armed with the gospel of checking in advance if it's okay whether she does something, Thirteen, plus Gong-Ho Grandad, his now openly loving grandson, and a kind of investigative screensaver, must kill Tim Shaw, or not. Save the inhabitants of five planets, or not. And prevent Earth being encased in cheap plastic, all in the name of revenge, for uck's sake. Be over. over. You are
0: welcome. Aren't you just puny mind? So. I've just remembered what this episode is about. Maybe I wasn't that enthused after all. (laughs) (laughs) Were you thinking of a different episode? (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Do you know what I think we should have just to start the ball rolling? Please enlighten me.
1: And indeed,
0: everyone. Some facts.
1: Oh, great. Indulge my (laughs) earballs. This is N154, The Battle of Ranskoravkarlis. It was first broadcast on 9th of December, 2018, directed by Jamie Childs, and written by... Hmm, who could it be? (laughs)
0: That's a fanfare, but with a rusty trombone.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's Chris Chibnall. What up, Chris? Thanks for listening. (laughs) You may remember that last time I Uh had the first half of some trivia. Oh, yes. Oh my goodness, yes.
0: Are we going to be treated to the second half?
1: Yes, and the second half will determine whether we owe Chris Chibnall an apology or not. Because he revealed that this is his least favourite script as showrunner. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. I don't know why. I don't know whether Doctor Who magazine asked him specifically. Maybe it was just what's your best and what's your worst. And this was what he nominated as the worst. He said, particularly in the first series, I spent a lot of time helping other writers. We had some problems towards the end. Had to go back and do some big rewrites. Which meant that the version of episode 10 that we filmed was a first draft. Oh, okay. But I just didn't have time to do a second draft. It didn't feel enough like a season finale, and that was entirely down to time. So Chibbers
0: knows that this is subpar. Right. He knew going in, but he had no way around it. Oh, well, I mean, now I'm feeling... I think that tingle behind my left ear is sympathy. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, Chris. All is forgiven. Thanks for listening.
1: But there was 18 months in between series 10 and 11. Yeah. And (laughs) he had two fewer episodes to write than Uh Moffat. Three fewer than RTD. Yeah. So... Yeah, but, <laughs> I, I
0: mean, what are you going to do?
1: Well, I also thought of us writing Strange Readings. We took six months as two people to write a five-parter. Yeah. Strange Readings, coming Christmas 2022.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Chris Chimnall had material from five other writers to mesh with his own while rebooting the show. So many of the cast and crew must have been completely new. The turnover,
0: the learning curves, it all must have been immense. I'm sure, yeah. Maybe we shouldn't be so hard on him. There's a massive endeavour. Putting together this show, in general, is a tremendous endeavour. Yeah. Still, bits are really lazy. <laughs> 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 okay, I'm glad to hear that even he is a little down-to-earth in his view of this episode.
1: Yeah, it's not like he looked back on it and said, you know what, I've never been prouder of a script than I was of the Battle of Ranscor Avcolons. Yeah. Yeah, okay, fair enough interesting well that said now here comes the rest of the podcast
0: (laughs) exactly yeah so forget what you just heard (laughs) the following is based on notes written before we had any ounce of sympathy for this man well before leon did i mean that's true mine was vanquished (laughs) so where would you like to start any introductory topics, perhaps? Well, I
1: suppose since we have started on the first draft issue, yeah, I feel like this episode is defined like few others are by missed opportunities.
0: Oh, I can think of a few, yeah. Hit me with some. Okay, for starters, we have the revenge subplots, the B plot of Graham.
1: Oh, that revenge, yes.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. There's a lot of revenge to go around. But so I'm thinking of Graham. <laughs> He starts off wanting so very dearly to take a life. There is some judgment from the Doctor.
1: Yeah, I really like that. I really like that as well. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then, like some sort of Harry Potter-level problem, it goes away.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And it seems, first off, frankly, what they end up doing to Tim Shaw is so much worse than shooting him. Yes, indeed.
1: Absolutely. And everyone's in on it. The Doctor, the Ux... Yeah. They're like, we've specially sealed the building so
0: that his punishment will truly be his own For, eternal solitary confinement. forever. Yeah, in pain. Because it's one of those pain thingies, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe not, but we'll get to that.
0: Okay, well, whatever it is, he's stuck in there and he will apparently live forever. Yeah. Let's put a pin in that because I really want to talk to you about living forever because, yeah, pin. But setting aside the fact that this is worse than the murder, do you know what would have been more interesting? Murder.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, yeah, but how do you get Graham back in series 12? Oh, wait, you don't because his arc with Ryan has been fulfilled. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. You have him kill Tim Shaw. Have Ryan there if you want to or don't have Ryan there if you don't want to. We can probably explore those options. But have him do that unbeknownst to the Doctor. And then continue with the tension that was built between him and Doc, where he now has to lie to the Doctor. You have the same scene where he's like, I couldn't do it, Doc, I couldn't do it. And she's like, I'm so proud of you for only committing this person to an internal living hell. <laughs> yeah. And then they go off on adventures, but he is then tormented by flashbacks of having taken a life until in the end he has to redeem himself in some way, perhaps just by coming clean to Doc and leaving the TARDIS. Yeah constantly haunted yeah. by little flashbacks
1: of the Doctor in the corner of the screen saying, you'll be no better than him, him, him. You'll be as bad as him, him, him. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Okay, so that, to me, is one missed opportunity. Yeah. Shall we ping-pong missed opportunities? Go for it. What's the next one? We just brought
1: this up, about in The Woman Who Fell to Earth, Tim Shaw says the trophies of the Stenza are held in stasis in our trophy chambers on the cross between life and death. Left and right, how completely obscene, retorts the Doctor. Mm. But here, they're just stasis tanks. And everybody that we encounter in them... Okay, there's a hand that hits the glass panel when ryan comes in which stasis tank how exactly um
0: (laughs) that's true they're moving around in there
1: yeah but everyone else just looks like they're having a nice sleep so are they in stasis or are they not nobody looks tortured nobody is what we should have had the missed opportunity is bringing back the horror element When Graham and Ryan happen upon the stasis chambers, we should see them entering the room, peering about. From the point of view of someone in the tank, and you can make the view completely horrific. You remember how Clara was holding her breath in Deep Breath, and the vision started to get distorted and the reds and yellows started to appear on the screen because you are running out of oxygen you, you time that up by a thousand you have this super slowed down heartbeat that sounds like an Austin Allegro trying to start like constantly in their ears like roaring away the visuals are saturated with red there are floating corpuscles that are halfway through tearing you name it, throw it in you zoom out from one of these rattled eyeballs through the glass of the chamber and pan back to Graham and Ryan who are vomiting over each other with the <laughs> <laughs> sheer repulsion of what they're seeing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because this was supposed to be the defining nasty thing about the Stenza, what they did. And everyone just likes they're having a
0: good old nap. Yeah, their lives have been stolen, but they haven't even been killed. There's still technically hope.
1: Yeah, and they're released, and there are no ill effects, nobody's lost any limbs, nobody says, oh, I don't feel very good.
0: Frankly, nobody gets a headache from not having a fucking neural balancer on either. Thank you. That was going to be my next missed opportunity. A hallmark of a really, really well-written Doctor Who story is a planet with some sort of energy field that gradually (laughs) degenerates the mind. I think you'll agree. (laughs) Yes, a planet
1: of... Evil?
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah. Uh, Christmas 2022, podcast land. Oh, no,
1: I I meant the true Planet of Evil, the the Doctor Who serial, where you've got the... Oh, I'm talking about strange readings, dude. I I was talking about that video that you cobbled together with the funky underlay of Sarah Jane Smith and Tom Baker taking acid or whatever. Oh, I see. And that guy just out of his mind on 70s visual
0: effects. That's a solid reference as well. That's what I wanted to see. (laughs) I was thinking of Strange Readings where, yeah, spoiler alert, there's something along those lines. But yeah, they talk about, oh, it's going to be crazy, you're going to go absolutely nuts. But no, you don't. You have one guy who's just lost his memory. I didn't pull up the transcript, but she says in the beginning, Mm -hmm. whatever the field that surrounds this planet, it will make you act against your persona, against your personality in some way. You will do things that you would otherwise never do. And in that moment, only because I remembered just teeny tiny snippets of this episode from years and years ago, in that moment I figured, aha, I must have forgotten this, but that must be how they excuse Graham being ready to kill Tim Shaw.
1: Oh, that would have made sense like take right. away some of his inhibitions exactly
0: yeah but they don't do that and also the guy the pilots or the captain in the beginning he's just lost his memory he's just a goldfish he's not acting irrationally otherwise he's just confused and as you said when doc and screensaver when they take off their <laughs> neural inhibitor thingy whatever. screensaver by the way excellent name for that Nothing happens. Doc just, at a certain point, goes, oh, maybe give us back those things because it's starting to get a little confusing.
1: Well, she says, ah, my brain! It's getting fuzzy! And then she just carries on and figures things out in the exact same fashion as she always does. What she says at the beginning is really promising, The TARDIS is reporting that the planet's transmitting violent, psychotropic waves throughout its atmosphere. The type of waves that mess with your brain, distort reality, change moods to the extreme. (laughs) To the extreme. Yeah. Yeah. Give me one example. Episode. No. Ryan gets a bit travel sick. Yaz looks down And in a little bit of pain And the doctor has a fuzzy head That is it Yeah That's it And it's so underwhelming And what you said about Graham And the potential effect there The doctor should have said Graham is your neural balancer Working correctly And he said No Yeah it's working fine I wanted to do this Since we were in the TARDIS I'm going to kill that motherfucker
0: Yeah, or he actually, I don't know, he gets knocked on the head or a sniper bot fires a bullet that grazes his forehead or something. The thing gets disabled, Mm -hmm. deactivated, and now he is on a revenge trip. Up until this point, he was like, no, you're absolutely right, Doc. This is exactly how it's going to be. Don't worry about it. We're going to capture him. In fact, maybe he goes, I'm going to put that mf -er in one of his pain pods. And she's like, no, you wouldn't. Absolutely don't do that because that goes against the very fabric of this show. That would never get written into an episode. That is literally a fate worse than death. That's right. Yeah, missed opportunity but graham
1: is off from the very first minute the doctor's saying sir should we respond to this distress signal gang and graham's like oh why's it got to be us i'm so sick of it being us oh, I, I see, i've got yeah. no sympathy or empathy for people i just want to go to space rio like amy pond did why can't i go to space rio and it's like oh you're so right yeah so right from the beginning because chibber's can't handle character progression or something it was like well this is how graham is in this episode until he isn't. Yeah, that's a bit
0: odd. Maybe this is first draft syndrome. It absolutely is. Yeah.
1: Okay, another missed opportunity. Ooh, here we go. <laughs> well, it's Tim Shaw. Right, yeah. He had a bit of personality the first time around. Okay, he was a villain of the week and he was a dicker, but he broke the rules. He loved cruelty for its own sake. And here, he is just the
0: personification of a destructive god complex. See, I'm not that dismayed by Tim Shaw in this episode. Really? Yeah. Because Tim Shaw has been around for how long? 3,407 years. That's a long time. Uh huh. You know what? People
1: slow down in their old age. Oh, yeah. They get a bit repetitive, a bit singularly minded. Yeah.
0: Maybe he's like, oh, well, what can I do? I'm stuck on this bloody rock. There's not much I can do. I've got everything I wanted. Two people who do whatever I (laughs) I say and nothing else. (laughs) (laughs) What I mean is his temperament doesn't disappoint me. His plot line does. But his temperament is completely understandable.
1: Right. His temperament, I will grant you, is appropriately vicious. Yeah. But it's just so God-complex boilerplate. He even says, Your
0: puny mind! He actually even says, I've got everything I needed. You turned me into this. I went looking to be an emperor or something, and look at me now, I am a god. Something. I'm
1: paraphrasing. About a minute after the doctor called him a false god, and he's like, Yeah, but I'm going to get to that.
0: But, I mean, the false (laughs) bit is actually not that important in this context, Doc. (laughs) Okay.
1: It just seemed straight out of Saturday morning cartoons. Question for you. Why is he still alive? Do you mean at the beginning of the episode or after he rips out all of his life support machinery and just goes galumphing about the
0: ship like nothing's wrong? How has he lived for three and a half thousand years? Ux. Right. (laughs) So if he's only alive thanks to the arcs, i mean
1: we know nothing about how long astenza's lifespan is no
0: that is true you know what i shouldn't be so judgmental you're absolutely right yeah
1: but the bet is that had chibbers ever got around to trying to justify it it would have been via the arks. probably
0: yeah so i guess what i was gonna get at was if he's only alive thanks to the arcs, then why do they think he's god they're the ones doing all the god stuff
1: Uh, Because they're too credulous. They don't stop to think outside of the edifice.
0: So, to be clear, they have travelled the universe. Yep. They have been all over the place. They even say, like, after all our years of walking, walking the earth like Kane in Kung Fu. (laughs) (laughs) They must have seen some crazy ass, right? They Mm -hmm. have been all over the place. Well, maybe,
1: but their characters
0: are portrayed as very, very sheltered. Well, yeah. They should have seen a whole heap of S. Okay, so here's the thing. How did they get to this planet? They got to this planet either via a spaceship, in which case they must have interacted with other people, or by teleporting or something like that.
1: In both cases, they would understand how this guy could appear in front of
0: them without being a deity. They literally only see a dude teleport in and probably be really confused. And they immediately go... You are our god. Yeah, and also he's on the brink of death. He is disintegrating, he is falling
1: prey to That's a right, DNA yes. bomb. That's right. What kind of god needs you to yeah. rush over and give him first aid? What does God need with a space cure? Yeah, exactly. Ah, God has taken on our own fallible mortal <laughs> form. What sort of religion would come up with something like that? <laughs>
0: wasn't us it was god anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah so this just does not compute for me
1: well i'm not surprised because nothing does yeah do
0: you want to hear another mo oh yeah please go for it tim shaw has said
1: i will dismantle your crew piece by piece and beat them directly to your ship and then he zaps um she was a soldier And he doesn't zap over any of the bits. No, I think he just chews her. Yeah. What we should have heard is a mangled piece of body landing on the floor with a squelch
0: next to Graham. And then another one. And then another one. Yeah, yeah. And then Graham says, and this is the specific missed opportunity. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Graham, Graham says this. Graham says something. Graham has
1: to say this. He's surrounded by moist body parts, making everything unclean. I don't know. What what does he say? Anyone got a tissue? Oh, (laughs)
0: God. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep this going. Yeah, yeah, do it. I'd totally forgotten. <laughs> I will never forget again. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you're right. But that could be the... Not PG-13. You know what I mean. It's made for TV, so if it's too bloody, then it's not going to work. The BBC yeah. is going to cut it out.
1: Absolutely. That's why I said we should just hear it. Yeah. That's, because oh. Tim Shaw is a nasty bastard. In the first episode, we had all those horrible jaw cracks, and they were just artfully in sheffield at night so we didn't see but we heard it we knew the brutality of what was going on so that's true bring that back here yeah that is if true. if you want a season ending villain then make him a badass was he
0: the right baddie to bring back to bookend this series i don't see why not because he's an utter dick
1: yeah. And why not people bring back the angels? You know, everybody has their pet's new addition to the Doctor Who roster yeah. the villains. It really
0: just depends on how good a job you do with it. I mean, it makes sense that he's the first and the last or the latest at that point. Yeah, no, that's true. That's a good point, because I was going to nominate, what's his name, um, Racist Danizuko from Rosa, who got sent back in time, and then maybe the distress call comes from wherever, where he's taken over a whole civilization, because he's a future guy, and everyone around him is, by comparison, primitive. Mm. Maybe that's not as good. No, actually, he is. Tooth Fairy is a better choice. He could have been,
1: yeah, with a different draft and a different writer.
0: Do you know what bugs me about the Tooth Fairy? It's that in the first episode, The Woman Who Fell to Earth, in that episode, he seemed incredibly obsessed by what his fellow Stenza thought of him. Yes. Now, not at all no now it's just like for personal satisfaction that he masters planets you know minifies planets
1: he mentions the stenza once in passing which is to say he says any world which ever defied or opposed the is now my target even in exile i shall lead so basically he's lost the election and he's retreated to his enormous leisure complex and somehow he still thinks that he's in charge which is a total feat of imagination. Well, he's in charge
0: of his own realm. You know what? Why isn't he using his, quite frankly, pseudo-divine acolytes, these two ux, uh, ooks, whatever, to bring him back to the Stenza homeworld? Or at or least to- make contact? Yeah, do something with that, like prove to them that he is incredibly strong. He could say, the reason I'm doing this is so that I can show them I'm not just bringing back a tooth, buddy. I'm bringing back a whole planet full of teeth. Like, this whole thing, this is just a planet. I'm clearly the one who should be in charge of your your civilization.
1: Imagine that. And then, in the sky above the edifice... Because the people from the five planets, they're all dead,
0: right? This is another question for you, actually, yeah.
1: Well, in the sky above the edifice, a planet of teeth appears. And he's like, I'm taking
0: this home to to the parliament. Or... (laughs) In the end, the ox bring back all those planets. We really do need to talk about that. But like, they bring all the planets back with everyone who lives on them, and everyone who's on them just is suddenly toothless. They're just like, <laughs> huh, what? Huh, oh boy, how are they? <laughs> I don't know. Cut to post credit sequence. Tim Shaw with a gigantic Santa Claus style bag full of teeth heading back to the Stensa Homeworlds.
1: <laughs> oh, like the Grinch.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Okay, can we talk about the planet minification thingy? Let's. So, are they just minified, or are they entirely destroyed? I get the
1: feeling that they can't survive in there. I think the Doctor may say something along those lines.
0: Okay, so does that mean that the Ux bring everyone back to life, or are there just a whole bunch of dead planets floating around the universe now? I think they're dead. Oh, yikes. That's some really hardcore shit. I mean, I'd be really upset if all those planets wouldn't be killed anyway in the Flux. Yeah,
1: yeah. the Doctor said it would have destroyed all life. Planetary genocide. Right. Case closed. Yeah, okay. Five genocides. Yeah. But it's just important that the planets go back where they are because of physics.
0: I guess so. In the time that they've been gone, everything that used to rely on their gravitational pull no longer affected <laughs> or was never <laughs> affected by it. They're just like, no, it's fine. Yep. Planets that used to have a moon, that moon is just like still spinning around. Nothing waiting for the planet <laughs> to come back.
1: <laughs> yeah, some of those moons, like Kablam, could have equally had people yeah. living and working on them yeah absolutely
0: <laughs>
1: <sighs> you could show a little bit of concern dark rather than just being like oh
0: i didn't like you before but now i'm properly peeved <laughs> okay 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 the ox is yep. that what they're called the ox yep yeah because i've just written ooks and ooks in my notes so the ox yep What's the deal, man? Are they the only <laughs> two of their entire species? They travel around for millennia, they, they bang out a couple of kids and die. Is that the deal? How they reproduce is a mystery.
1: Firstly, I don't know which one would get pregnant after That's we true. saw the Suranga conundrum. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think it would be the younger one.
0: Uh, I don't know. Okay. I'm not trying to judge based on superficialities, but one of them does seem older than the other.
1: Yep. And Ineo, older than Delph. Oh, is that their name? Those are their names. Oh, right. Well
0: done. Yeah. Those (laughs) aren't UX numbers. It seems really impractical to have a species of two.
1: Yes. Yeah. It, Why wouldn't you have four? Would your mental wave fields just
0: be too chaotic for what a if planet don't, or a brain to handle? Yeah. What if you don't maybe mesh with the other person? Yeah. What if Delph goes, um, buddy, Andinio, you had me strapped to a, in brackets, let's not call it a crucifix, even though it very obviously is one, yeah. uh, <laughs> for aeons, and were perfectly happy for me to go and murder entire civilizations. No, uh, maybe I don't want to plow. Yeah, I'm yeah. not going to forgive you. Yeah, maybe if you get
1: on the ship, I'll stay here. And if you stay here, I'll get on the ship. Yeah. Maybe I'm done with you. Yeah, exactly. Maybe the Ux die with
0: us because of all the things I've seen. Because we've committed five genocides. Yeah, because it's only when we are together that that is a risk. Now, that if we stay apart, you know what? I can still build floating rocks and whatever. And you can go on, like, whatever you want to do. Like, walk the universe. Yeah, Can't can it? You can go lock more people into a uh, paternal hell. Yeah, exactly, but you can't use me anymore And we can never take out an entire civilization Boom, done The axe race dies with us You know what that is? A freaking arc That's a flipping arc Why do they even need a spaceship in the end? What does God need with a spaceship? They're travelling around the universe They're thousands of years old They can change
1: matter and everything around them Yeah, they can bring planets to them They can take themselves to planets Inside an air bubble Yeah, maybe they don't even need
0: that Yeah. Because, like, the energy didn't travel all the way to Earth. It was just, all of a sudden, a portal opened next to the Earth and tried to gulp it down. Well, that was when they combined with the Stenza tech. But now that... that is true. Tim Shaw doesn't have the Stenza tech all to himself. Question. Yeah. Where did the Stenza tech come from? (sighs) Because he traveled there on his own. Yep. No spaceship or anything like that. Yep. And the DNA
1: bomb was wreaking havoc with his body and possibly his suit. By the way, on the subject of wreaking havoc with his body... Heyo. why isn't he? Oh I'm no! I'm so sorry. I cut I that. <laughs> <laughs> that is staying in all the way. Hey, all. <laughs> why, when there was such a big stink, a big whoop made yep. at the beginning of the series about Tim Shaw, his skin is like a minus 180 degrees
0: holy smokes i forgot about that
1: well so did chris chibnall and so did this episode because tim chibnall you can't even see the breath vapor and graham and ryan they stand over him his ploy at that point should be okay you've beaten me now help me up boys and yeah, then he exactly. just he just melts their hands off with <laughs> or no they just freeze in his grip and he rips an arm off each the gun hand off yeah, each one exactly like, who's laughing combats now? Them. Sub yeah. zero, that's exactly he yeah. sub zeros them yeah.
0: indeed. <laughs> I had forgotten about that entire temperature conceit. Yeah, totally. I've got, oh,
1: I've got to hand upsetting. it to you—you you really did beat me. And then he hands their own hand to them. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. All right. Cool. Let's move on from missed opportunities. Let's do that. I think we already sort of have. What do you want to talk about? I've got a question for you. Let's hear it. It's just one of these. This might be over in five seconds. Hey or I of don't things. care. Give it to me anyway. Hey ho! I need to stop doing that. How does everyone without a sonic manage to get up and down from the Stenza building?
1: Oh, I assume the entrance activation field just helpfully takes in all nearby life forms. Because, you know, it's obliging like that. Because people have been attacking and making war on the edifice. So it only makes sense that it should throw its doors open wide. Roll out the red
0: carpet. Come on, come all. Because it seemed very much like when they waded out. Oh no, I didn't bring my wellies. Maybe I invented the wellies. I like that sh- bit, by I'm the way. sure
1: that was patched on afterwards, by the way. I'm sure that was Jodie in a studio months later. Oh,
0: AD it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I like that as a line. But they That's stand right. there. She has to sonic upwards to sort of... Flip the switch to activate the teleportation beam. Mm -hmm. Fast forward, lots of people have teleported down. I get that. Ryan goes, Oh no, I gotta go back. I gotta go and find my granddad. Oh, 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 granddad. Oh, he runs to the thing. He doesn't have a sonic. Cut to, he's now up in the building. How does he get there?
1: Oh man, there is absolutely no access point. No way.
0: Yeah, sorry. I'm being a petty asshole here, but that is one of many things that annoyed me just a teeny tiny little bit. That's a
1: minus 0.1, and these add up.
0: That's exactly (laughs) right. Oh. Okay, one more thing that really annoys me. Just one. Oh, that flippin' perpetual motion machine. What are we talking about here? The thing that's like, I'm a douchebag in the 80s and I have this on my desk in my corner office. I mean, I say that as someone. I used to have something very similar to that when I was a kid.
1: They're cool. They go back and forth and it happens for a long time. Absolutely. Where's it on a spaceship in the future? Why? What? Um, because that's unfathomably advanced Stenza tech, you numpty.
0: Oh, it ticks me off. It seems <laughs> like such a silly thing to have as a sci-fi gizmo in the future. Yeah. What they could have had, like, oh, oh my goodness, no, that's highly advanced Stenza bird dips down and has a sip of water technology. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> you know, that, that would have been exactly as off-putting to me. Yeah, yeah uh, i should be
1: what lowers from the edifice when they trip the electronic activation That's fail, right. That's it why there's a up gr- Ryan
0: and, uh, yeah. <laughs> and brings him back up. That's exactly what it should be. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, exactly. Mm. All right. I've got more of these, dude. Well, keep them coming. All right, sniper bots.
1: Why? <laughs> I mean, they are Stenza tech, and it was established in the Ghost Monument episode that the Stenza put the scientists to work and they came up with all these supposedly unavoidably terrible things, the booby traps on that planet. Sniper bots, were there, so there is a tie-in. So, Tim Shaw, I suppose he has the blueprints and he says to the Ux, have a good hard think about these. And then the sniper bots just appear. And he says, you know what? Sniper bots, they can't be beat. They are unrivaled, they're unimprovable. I want them exactly as they were in the good old days. Make sure
0: that they can only fire straight ahead.
1: <laughs> yes, and yeah. possibly
0: at each other. Only at each other. Yeah. They are sniper bots that (sighs) never hit a target. I mean, they're supposed to be stormtroopers, aren't they? I guess so, yeah. That is the parallel. I mean, they were a tad more terrifying in the Ghost Monument.
1: Only a tad. I mean,
0: by which I mean they weren't terrifying at all in this one.
1: No, they were their own cannon fodder. Yeah, that's right. They were each other's cannon fodder. Did
0: it? Oh, the same thing did happen in Ghost Monument, didn't it? Someone ducked and they fired at each other. I think that happened in Eve of the Daleks. Oh,
1: right. Oh. Oh. As in two Daleks did that. I think it was maybe John Bishop hit the deck
0: in one of the countdowns. Yeah,
1: so that idea has been reused
0: by the same writer oh so i'm conflating memories i thought this was a callback to how the sniper bots acted in the first place oh okay i could be wrong i think you're probably right no i think you're probably right i think the scene that i'm thinking of is it's not bishop it's the chap who very clearly is a serial killer i think he's being ambushed by two daleks and he just ducks in the middle and the Dalek. you're absolutely right it is daleks
1: right yes i've got it here Nick. Nick. Okay, come on then, you've got me again, say it. Daleks, exterminate! Nick ducks as they both fire from opposite ends of the
0: corridor. Nick, I'm not dead. You know what? Maybe that, in Eve of the Daleks, is a callback to this. Well, I mean, that works. That works in Eve of the Daleks. It doesn't work here, but it works in Eve of the Daleks. Uh,
1: With Daleks, that's even
0: more unforgivable. i'm on board i'm on board for callbacks not all callbacks would it not have been better to
1: try to erase the memories of this episode rather than encourage them and revive them
0: yeah but (laughs) (laughs) i mean now you're just nitpicky
1: (laughs) (laughs) well allow me to continue doing so for another hour please go ahead
0: Would you like to discuss the in-your-face religious iconography?
1: It was fairly crucifix-shaped. It looked like a cross between a crucifix and an angel to me.
0: Okay, yeah. It clearly evoked, vaguely, Christian imagery. It made me think of an Orthodox Russian or Orthodox Greek crucifix.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay. That is also just a function of the vague outline of
0: someone with their arms outstretched. That is true, but there is someone standing in that shape... Arms outstretched. At one point, really weak, kind of limply hanging there from his arms oh yes of course uh, having just obeyed the creator yep done the creator's will yeah and yeah. he's not vitruvian ox is he it's not a da vinci no, reference name. no oh i kind of want to see that actually i want to see <laughs> a four-armed four-legged ox <laughs> why
1: not when his eyes start to glow why doesn't he i mean that would be um almost an indian religion sort of Oh, yeah, visual cool. thing, wouldn't it? He starts to self-duplicate in a way. Hey, that would explain maybe how they reproduce at the end of their millennia of dual existence. Hot. Okay. Like the energy. Doctor starts to glow orange. They glow from the eyes. Oh, and, good. Wait, and slow down. Slow down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> the arms and legs start to proliferate. Oh god. And eventually, goodness. one just just splits off slowly from the other. Oh. And then one just transmits its life force in one great surge to the empty body and it bursts into life. Oh, God. All right.
0: And we're done. Thank you for listening to Podcast Land.
1: There are two toilets. One upstairs, one down.
0: <laughs> Towels Too late. I've already galore. gone here. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, good stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah. My default position, it shouldn't be but it is, is always to be like, was I offended? No, I wasn't offended. I wasn't offended. I want to make
0: that clear. Yeah. I was going to say, there's another point here that I think goes against everything that has offended you in the past. Uh-huh. It's when Doc says farewell, when she bids farewell to the Ox. Yes, it they're is. They're on the spaceship. It's at the very, very end. It is at the very end. And she's like, keep believing. She basically tells they are ready to relinquish their faith. And she's like, no, 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 no. Keep believing because you never know, you know.
1: Well, it's not that they're ready to relinquish their faith, but they're ready to engage with it in a more open-minded way sure or apply it more open-mindedly
0: but she she says
1: says, keep your faith travel hurtfully the universal surprise yeah constantly and then she buggers off and the credits roll yeah now I compared it to Capaldi slash Moffat's final speech if you remember that went on for like two or three minutes and okay it's a doctor's final farewell but it was so over the top I'm talking about the one like children will hear my name if they're in the right mood yeah yeah, yeah. if if they have a lot of ice cream and run hard laugh fast that's the one all that nonsense and just going on and on and on The basic we kind humanist schmaltz manifesto it's like yeah okay I think her three short phrases yes far superior yeah
0: agreed it also I think speaks to a very nice open-mindedness on the part of the doctor yeah up until now, usually the doctor is just very scientifically inclined and just because, like, well, might have been expected to say something to the effect of, yeah, you don't need faith in order to view the beauty and all the majesty and magic, whatever. The divine nature of the universe doesn't require a divinity or something like that. But he's just like, well, yeah, I mean, whatever, man, like, there are lots of different cultures. With lots of different beliefs, and it's a lovely thing, keep at it.
1: Yeah. It's a nice touch, I think. Yeah, everybody's going for wisdom, and we're all getting a little chunk of it.
0: Yeah, that's right. Did you hear that, Chris? Yeah? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That's That's in your corner, buddy.
1: I remember tenant coming across cat sects and whatever, cat nuns and oh, so yeah. forth, and... He would get angry, primarily. He would be so angry at how their faith had blinded them and the actual wicked acts they had perpetrated. Yeah. Rather than necessarily the faith itself. Smith, definitely Capaldi. Maybe not Smith because he meets the 51st century church militant. Oh, yeah. With the angels and flesh and stone and all that sort of thing. Yeah. But increasingly, it was just belittling and scornful and dismissive. So, yeah,
0: this I like. Yeah, as do I. This is good stuff. It's the kind of open-mindedness that we should be expecting from the Doctor.
1: Yeah, I think so. If the Doctor is an alien, if she's seen a lot, then she can transcend some humans sniping at other humans, perpetuating the cycle, the reactive, perpetual motion machine that is just bitching (laughs) constantly online and face-to-face forever yeah
0: do you know when she shouldn't have been so open-minded though when when it was should we kill these two ox or should we let them take another planet yeah yeah kill the ox it's pretty easy just kill the ox the utilitarian calculus not tricky no not at all and they spent so much time deliberating what to do Like, just so much time just to get to that point where Yaz can somewhat ham-fistedly, perhaps, mention something about, uh, oh, if only we could distract them, or whatever she says. Yeah. Which then leads to the advent of, oh, wait, take that plaster. It's completely ineffectual anyway. (laughs) Take it off your head and plop it on (laughs) these two. Whatever. During that time, they should have just disintegrated half the Earth already. Yes,
1: because the Earth apparently is entirely unaffected, despite having almost been entirely enveloped by the Red I guess because it hadn't been shrunk, is that where the genocide Maybe. occurs? Yeah.
0: Could we at least have a post credit sequence where cut to it's a small town, it's Slough. <laughs> cut to Slough, circa twenty twenty two or twenty twenty, yeah. whenever this head, someone just looks up at the sky and goes like Hey, did you see that? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Is it just me, or did the entire planet just go red? Is it just me? We didn't have a sky there for a second. Pretty sure we didn't have a sky. (laughs) My skin felt really tight, just like for a moment. Just me? Oh, no, just me. All right, fine. (laughs) (laughs) Whose round is it? It's my round? Great. (laughs) (laughs) You dicks. Why? What What
1: happens on the Earth? momentary confusion and then the fbi and mi5 explain it as a freak solar event
0: yeah that's right yeah you're right someone holds up a weather balloon
1: <laughs> yeah a weather balloon burst and momentarily was as large as the earth because it collided with a solar flare which supercharged it this is excellent techno babble <laughs> yeah it's good stuff well there was some other techno babble which is another missed opportunity Ooh hi the doc Meets Andinio, the ox. Oh, the ox! Oh, three planets, oh, etc. I'm a huge fan. She says the building's alive. There is an energy running through it.
0: Right, okay.
1: What a missed opportunity that this isn't represented in any way whatsoever at any point. Was this...
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, you're <laughs> yeah, right. These are standard sets. There isn't a hum. There isn't a glow. There isn't some sort of life force. I mean, if Doctor takes off her neural balancer, then the building should start talking to her if there's an energy running through it. Like, she oh my should...
0: goodness, that's such a good idea. I like that. That's a very good idea. Oh, uh, are you impervious to that energy if you're inside the building? No. Clearly not, because... If you're
1: inside the Dalek, which Capaldi was,
0: yeah. it's perfectly fine talking to the Dalek. That's true. Well, I was going to say, why do you even need the neural inhibitors while you're inside the building? Oh, the yes, Stenza because- doesn't wear it, the Ox don't wear it, but maybe they're impervious to it. Yeah,
1: and actually, it's not the building, is it? It's the planet's Why
0: is the planet so angry? That's fine. The planet just has a weird electromagnetic field or something psycho uh, dynamic. I don't know what it was called. Now I can't remember. But it just has this wibbly wobbly energy field. I can buy that. Absolutely. Well, in that case, again, December 2022, Podcast Land. But in that case,
1: use that super duper wibble wobble to make the Ux even more destructive and batshit crazy than they've ever been. I want to see the ox hulking out, supercharged by crazy
0: planetary psychotropic energy. Hang on, check this out. Yep. It's only because of that energy that they are inclined to follow this false idol. Right, and why they say this is the planet, this is where we do our stuff. Exactly. This okay. is why they're acting against their own nature. That's why they look at Tim Shaw and go, you must be the creator. Why not do that?
1: Yes. Yes. That is a great inclusion in the second draft. Bingo. Oh, we were misled by the planet. Maybe we should reconsider locking him up forever once we're safely off-world and our minds have cleared. Yeah. Because I feel like I wouldn't have done this
0: before. Exactly. When Doc and Yaz slap those plasters on their heads they should all of a sudden go, oh my goodness, we've done horrible things. Like, it's yeah. an eye-opener to them. We've done horrible things. Maybe they also have been forgetting stuff like the captain in the beginning. Like In general, they should now just have a massive eye-opener to the horrific stuff that they have enabled and they should just immediately explode in shame. <laughs> like, <laughs> something. There should be a wake-up call.
1: Yeah, and if the doctor's so great, she should use this as a teachable moment for her, frankly lacking companions and if yaz is so great then she should be the doctor's voice of reason slash conscience or whatever otherwise
0: why are they forgiven at the end yeah what no that's not wait no i'm suddenly not at all on board with this (laughs) The, the, the rest of the spaceship crew they're like oh you're those people who enabled the slaughter of our comrades Please, come on board. Can we give you a lift? Sure thing. There's food in the fridge. Yeah, you can sleep on the floor. That's
1: fine. We'll step around you. I definitely won't kick you in the back of the head while you're sleeping. Yeah. Why? No. It? No. (laughs) Not at all. And also, none of those extras
0: have a single line. One of the leads doesn't either. It's okay. (laughs) Well, no,
1: I am recognizing in them the crowd of youths. Who didn't get to speak in Horns of Nymon? The awful band of of pubescents who were just awful cool to, to a man. It's fantastic stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, suddenly this is brilliant. I might rewatch that. Uh, no, I might re-listen to our review. <laughs> okay. Right. Shall we talk cast? Yes.
1: Did you recognise any people? Oh, Paltraki, for instance. Oh, I meant to look him up. No, who is he? He is played by Mark Addy, who has been in loads of stuff. You may remember him as the lackey who isn't Alan Tudyk in A Night's Tale.
0: I know that you recently watched A Night's Tale. No, didn't. Oh, did you? I not- don't know who you're
1: thinking of. It wasn't me. What? I hate A night's Tale. I know it's you awful. do.
0: I know. That's why on Abby's birthday, I told her she should get you to watch A night's Tale with her. What? <laughs> what? Well, she never followed
1: through with it because I think she was too good. She foresaw my reaction. She's just too good. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't want to have that argument. <laughs> also, I'm sorry, dude.
0: But okay, right. So podcast uh, over. I haven't seen that in years and years and years, so I don't. Good I don't for remember. you. <laughs> uh, I remember really enjoying it. But okay, yes. Yeah, so anyway, okay.
1: Mark Addy is also Dave from the Full Monty, which
0: <gasps> that's why I recognise him yeah, from. Yes, you're right. A
1: role he is reprising in the upcoming TV series of the same IP. Really? Yes. Oh, interesting. He was also in the first Downton Abbey film in the tart little role of Mister Bakewell nice (laughs) he was Friar tuck to russell crowe's robin hood haven't seen it okay i've heard mixed reviews and what was most surprising to me was he was the man asked to fill john goodman's giant shoes (gasps) in the flintstones live action film sequel slash prequel viva rock vegas 3.7 out of 10 on
0: imdb are you serious he's fred flintstone yes Oh, interesting. How odd. That's an odd bit of casting.
1: It is odd. Starring opposite Alan Cumming as the Great Gazoo, using his James the First accent about 20 years early.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah, the exact same terrible voice. Three Mm. point something.
1: Wow. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, he's made a career. I called Kevin Eldon a superstar last week. Mark Addy sort of is one. He held down an American sitcom lead for like five years. It's just this guy from the North. It's quite a thing. Wait, what sitcom is that? It's not one I'd heard of. Oh, He was in 88 episodes of Still Standing as
0: Bell Miller, Midwestern schlub. He's Bell Miller? Yeah, I have no idea what this is. What is that? Still Standing? Not going to watch that. No. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Right, okay. Okay, moving on. Who's next? (laughs) We've got Phyllis Logan as Andinio. She's Uh also been in Downton Abbey. Oh, Of course. She played Mrs. Hughes in the series and both films. Yeah, okay. Her latter career can be summed up in one credit. This is every role she has now. Oh, really? She was Auntie V in Last Train to Christmas. She is of that age. Right, yeah. But sometimes being pigeonholed can be immensely
0: lucrative. I was going to say the midwife or something like that. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised she
1: hasn't been a sort of elderly nun. Yeah. (laughs) She's played a Shirley, a Brenda, a Judy, a Christine, and four separate Lindas. Oh, I can see that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Screaming Linda energy.
1: (laughs) But she's also been in an episode of Poirot. <gasps> Which one? She was playing Nurse Hopkins in the episode "Sad Cypress."
0: Oh, I don't remember her in that. But okay, yeah, cool. I remember the episode. She's been in the same studio as oh. Sir David Suchet. That's right, Sir Dave. Oh, what a chap! Cool. Anyone mm-hmm. else? Nah. You know, nobody what? else has any credits of note. I thought the ancillary actors did spiffingly. Yes. I think it was solid acting across the board.
1: Yes. And goodness, they would have known that it was a first draft of a script. They've read enough of them. Both of them have decades of experience. Yeah, that's true. And they just went for it. They did not hold back. They didn't have reservations or let them appear on the screen. They were
0: wholeheartedly giving it their acting all. Yeah, absolutely. What about Team TARDIS? Can we talk Team TARDIS? We haven't really spoken about them.
1: Go on then. The two or two and a half. (laughs)
0: <laughs> <At> most. <laughs> Let's start with Doc, with Jodie Whitaker. Oh, okay, yes. Aside from things that the character did that we've already covered that certainly I can't really stand for or that I don't want to see in this character's actions. Yeah. I think she did well. Mm-hmm. I think she was great. I mentioned before the whole like wading out into the water, 80 yard or not, I felt like such a doctory moment. Like, oh, you can never go wrong with a pair of wellies. Maybe I invented wellies, blah, blah, blah. It was fun. It was fun. Yeah. You know what else I really love that she did, by the way? What? She called out the sign on the TARDIS. I can't remember how she says this. She says something oh, like, we hey, respond we- to help. To urgent calls. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought that was a lovely little touch. Like not only is that a nice doctory thing, mm. it kind of goes towards do you remember when oh uh, you know what I can't remember which doctor this was but someone said like oh when I think this is marketing outside of Doctor Who when they created this character, they didn't give him a spaceship, they gave him a police box, they didn't give him guns, they gave him a screwdriver to fix things, and they didn't give him, I can't remember, like, sharp teeth, they gave him two hearts. It's something to that. <laughs> point, you <know? laughs> right. Like, right. it's a lovely little thing. And this was akin to that, like, the same vibe was being put out. Like, hey, this is the character I am, I'm here to help. That's all I do. Yeah. Lovely. I really like that.
1: Mm-hmm. And the only reason that that tete-a-tete works that we mentioned way back when, yeah. when Graham is going hard at her, and I liked every turn he said, you ain't going to have a say in it. I understand. I ain't having that. When she says, that'll make you as bad as him, and he goes, I ain't having that. He's yeah. like, it's not that simple. It's different. Yeah, And I'm going to see how different it is by killing the fucker.
0: Yeah. Also, like maybe take a step back here, Doc. There are nuances to this. This person has gone through incredible grief. Yeah terrible trauma yeah maybe just don't tell him no you can't i won't enable this behavior no wait there's a conversation to be had here
1: (laughs) yeah actually i mean jodie whittaker i was going to say is an equal half of that dialogue absolutely and it's really good between them but like you say nuance should come into it and also as you say the character's journey that they've been on jodie should be concerned and disappointed rather than the policewoman at this moment from the police box saying, yeah. I'm afraid that's against the law. And you will technically be committing a crime that disbars you from further travel.
0: Yeah, exactly. Maybe he put an armor over his shoulders. Maybe, like, sit him down, have a chat. Have yeah. a hard time. She's travelled with this dude for quite some time. They've had adventures. They've really gotten to know each other. She should know better. But that's not Jodie Whittaker. Jodie is doing really well. That yes. is the first draft talking through Jodie Whittaker. Absolutely. Yeah. Who's next? Ryan?
1: Yeah. Fist bump. My mind goes to fist bump. Yeah. How did you feel about the fist bump? Because you were so
0: satisfied when he called him granddad last week. I was. Was that equaled here? I kind of liked it, actually. Yes. You know what? I like the fist bump. I, I suddenly don't really like the granddad bit anymore. I think now it's just being... It hasn't really been established yet. Let it simmer for a bit. Like, there's a whole scene where... Doesn't Ryan even say... Yeah, but now I'm calling you granddad. So, like, just deal with it. Like, this is who you are. Now I'm doing it. Isn't this what you wanted? I can't remember yeah, what it was. Yeah, yeah, there is. I think it's too easy. Maybe at this point turn it around don't have ryan call graham granddad all the time he's given graham a hand have graham now take the entire arm like have graham now expect himself to be called granddad all the time have graham really like lean into it and call him grandson and whatever and ryan's like hey dude call it i also need i've taken a massive step i need way more time to just percolate emotionally Yeah, I called you granddad, but take it easy. Give me some space. But it's not like that at all, because
1: Ryan's still got so much more emotion left to show.
0: He loves him. Yeah, I love you. Yeah, don't make me say it again, but I I do. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's kind of nice. You know what? It is kind of nice. I wish this were the end of those two characters. Yeah. Okay, check this out. The energy wibbly wobbly on this planet, Mm -hmm. it has an effect on everyone. We think throughout the entire episode it is really, really affecting them as well. The Doc doesn't notice it, but we, the audience, see them getting angry and angrier. They head over to Tim Shaw. They murder the shit out of him. I mean, like, <laughs> right. really just, like, blast him to smithereens. So we've gone full
1: Rick and Morty.
0: Yeah, they just absolutely F that mf up. Oh, hang on, we've gone full Inglorious Bastards. That's what we've done. <laughs> doc shows up says, oh, no, here, Graham, take my plaster thing, my neural inhibitor. Yours is clearly malfunctioning. Graham turns his head. He's wearing a totally working neural inhibitor. (laughs) He's been doing this because this is what he needed to do. This was the fulfillment of his arc. Yeah, he and Ryan are both kicked off the TARDIS, and they walk out willingly. They're like, "We understand we broke the rules. We shouldn't have killed him, but we killed him." It doesn't have to be violent. Maybe they just fire at his whatever equipment. Yeah, yes. as the TARDIS then dematerializes, and they are now stuck on Earth. They are landlocked that's when Ryan tells him I love you or he calls him granddad for the first time. So it is a full arc for them and it was all worth it. It was the journey in the TARDIS that enabled them to actually have a family relationship.
1: <laughs> yeah, and what really finally brought us together was us
0: sharing that murder of the bad guy. Yeah, or, I mean, like dealing with the grief. Hang on. By the way, I'm not endorsing that in any way. Okay, hang on. (laughs) I'm really not. Okay, hang on. I take it back. They don't. Graham gets over the whole, I can't shoot you, exactly like he said in the episode. Okay. He and Ryan lock Tim Shaw up in one of the pods. They walk out. Doc's like, fuck did you do? That is even worse. I'm so sorry. I know that you thought you were doing the right thing, but I cannot condone that. I'm so sorry. I, I cannot... I'm never going to be able to look you in the eye and not realize that you've condemned someone to eternal suffering. Yeah. Get off my TARDIS. I'm so sorry. But yeah, you did do the right thing. So we do get that whole, yeah, they are good guys. Okay, okay. But they actually did it because fucking therapy. (laughs) You know?
1: (laughs) Hmm. Yeah, that is slightly better than what we get. Yeah, Yeah, I'll Uh, take
0: that. I'll take slightly better. Yeah, yeah.
1: Still have reservations,
0: but... It was a long retoree, I apologize.
1: No, it's fine. It's fine. All right. I have a point that I'm bringing up just because this is the second week in a row of, hey, do you see that really obvious red light in the lightless cave system slash enormous battlefield that is smack bang in front of us? Yes. Yes, you're so right. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that dominates our vision from horizon to horizon. Yeah. Have you spotted that? <laughs> it really sneaks up on them. They're, they're <laughs> yeah. in a spaceship
0: graveyard and they're like, oh, wait, what?
1: <laughs> yeah. The only saving grace is it looks like... Saving the- grace? Is it looks like the Russian Victory Parade in Cave that they just staged.
0: Oh, right. Oh, interesting. With all the the shattered tanks and exploded vehicles. Oh, interesting. Oh, interesting. Wait, hang on. I need to look up a screenshot of that. It's a sick burn. If I type in to Google Russian Victor, it goes, Victoria's Secret models. (laughs) No. (laughs) Okay, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I'll do a side-by-side comparison later on. I'm just going to stick with the episode for a couple of minutes
1: because there's a it. lot of bad that they fitted in in a very short time. Uh-huh. Mark Addy says, look, the edifice. And they look through the mists and whatever. And Ryan says, no one in their right mind can go through there. And then they just walk through this battlefield and there is nary a shot fired. No, nope. nope. The <laughs> ground is... Smooth and there's an obvious path, and it's like they're walking over the top at the beginning of the Battle of the Somme or something. They should be picked off because of all this complacent sluggishness, but no, they just dawdle their way to their destination without anything
0: befalling them. Yeah, that's entirely accurate.
1: Yeah, what the fuck?
0: I guess also, if we were to pick up all these missed opportunities, it would be a much, much longer episode. Mm -hmm. But then maybe don't allude to them in the first place.
1: Yeah. Oh, on that very subject, that brings me to yet another one. Actually, you know what? This is part
0: of my rating. Oh. 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 Have you got anything more or should we skip to it? Yeah, why don't we do that? Okay. Wait, hang on. Wait, sorry, before we go into ratings, just to double check, have we talked about all the companions? Yeah, I think we have. Yeah, Ryan and Graham. I think so. I think so. Yeah. 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 I don't remember another one being in this episode. Yeah. Shall we rate this? Let's. <laughs> and now it is time to rate this. Did we love or hate this? Bing bong bing bong. Hey la la
1: la la la. Ratings. Okay, my rating is as follows. Chris Chibnall has admitted this is first draft material, not fit as a season finale. So let me summarise the deficiencies in this episode that later make it into his finished scripts time after time and that therefore I assume would have been left in. There is a voiceover question ADR'd onto a location establishing shot. Ranskorav Kolos isn't the stenters here in Planet, so how can that be Tim Shaw? It irks me on two levels. One, the writing wasn't polished enough to fit the question organically into any scene. And two, this mystery's already been set up, but Chibbers feels the need to beat us over the head with it until we cannot escape it. Which brings in the bonus third level, because there's no explanation. It is given as accidental corruption, somehow. The Doctor had no intent to do it. Tim Shaw didn't expect it. So it was highlighted in this way. It was teased as, ooh, this tantalising mystery. What marvellous device will Mr Chibnall have arranged? There's nothing. (laughs) It's a fucking accident. Why would you do that? Why would you ADR it? Take it out. You were just setting up disappointment. There is no cleverness here. It's not good enough. He thought that was an improvement. So, no, my apology from the beginning rescinded entirely because you don't know what you're doing. Next, we have the casual wayside genocides that Mark Chibnall's run. They begin here. Here, it's five planets. Later, in flux, it'll be most of the universe. But who cares? Because they're not pregnant or we didn't learn their name or whatever. And Yaz, because Yaz did appear, the name of the screensaver, Yaz... Yeah. She is entirely superfluous, again, aside from carrying a cable. That includes all the questions she pointlessly asks. The Sonic is more overused than a three-word Tory slogan. Again and again. I mean, there's the slogan. There we go. Again and again. Tories. again and again. Sonic again and again. And it just gets worse and worse. Moving on, the quarry scenes, they look adequate. The rock smashy smashy at the beginning evokes a limited blocky thrill. But otherwise, this episode is fairly boring and it proceeds fairly boringly. Everybody walks, even when the doctor manages to break into a run. They put it in slow motion so that Tim Shaw can ADR his cheap, weak-ass god spiel over the top of it. And also, it sounds fairly boring. The soundtrack to this episode could be called Ambient Despond. Name me one musical cue or sonic element of any note throughout. Oh, Oh, good point.
0: Yeah, I can't think of
1: no that's a very good point yeah it's all just repeated from the series there is no energy or specific attention given to this episode it's sort of an accident that it happened at all and also there's no sort of ending at all they just get into the tardis and it's gone i get that we don't need a victory lap or anything but usually there's a little bit of a debrief and it's a season finale and they just fuck off so okay what is there to like Mark Addy's okay. Some of the stuff about taking a more thoughtful approach to faith, rather than it being completely blind, that's fine. I like that the young actor of color is educating the older white woman. It speaks for the whole Anglican communion. Brian says, "I love you." Plus zero point one fist bump. Plus zero point one rating. One point two. Oh wow! Wh-
0: <laughs> Amazeballs. Okay, yeah, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah, I'm not entirely sure how you can follow that, but here goes nothing. <laughs> Literally nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here's my rating. No, okay. I said at the start I was quite pleasantly surprised, relatively speaking. I was expecting this to be an utter shit show because my recollection of the first time I saw this was not one of much enthusiasm. And that's also in part because I didn't really take to Tim Shaw in the first place... We already talked how his character is very different here than he was in the first episode, but to me, that's kind of an improvement. He's less the predator and more the sultry asshole who's been made to wait for way too long. Yeah, and some of his sidelong glances at the Doctor, his impish grins—they were fun. Yeah, I would agree with that. I also think that this episode has a lot of. I don't want to say potential, but it, has, it contains a lot of interesting concepts. It touches upon a lot of very interesting ideas. I like the idea of the false idol, if you will, who's being deified by someone who just enables his hatred and his crimes. That's pretty cool. I like the idea of people who are able to create matter out of nothing and whatever, do shit, but they're a little bit too powerful. <laughs> we'll get to that in a moment. Right, right. Anyway, there are interesting concepts here. I like the concept of the energy wibbly-wobbly that should affect your brain in brackets, but it doesn't. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, missed opportunity. We talked about that in the beginning. That permeates this episode for me for that reason. Doc, however, great. I mean, Jodie Whittaker, great. Doc, slightly less so. Companions, Team TARDIS in general, yeah, I'm I'm okay with a lot of what's happening here. With those we could see. That's right, yeah. I mean, Yaz, let's jump to Yaz right away. Yaz does her usual shtick, but even less of it. She barely has any lines, and when she has lines, we normally call out, she repeats what Doc says. In this one, she actually says at one point, Doc said, or the doctor just said, and (laughs) then dot, 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 says exactly the same line. Like, what's the point of this character here? Have her sleep in the TARDIS. Have her be affected by the energy. And unfortunately, you had to sit this one out. Yeah. Yeah. why Um, Why not? Ryan, however, is quite interesting. Or Ryan and Graham are quite interesting. The scene where Ryan is trying to persuade Graham not to kill the tooth fairy. That's the caliber of conversation that we sort of needed in the last one. It's just that it's entirely malplacé here. And why are they speaking so loudly whilst wandering through a lair? Like, there are good ideas, and the execution just shits on itself. <laughs> the Ooks, they're looking for the creator, but he needs them to create everything, so aren't they themselves God? Was the religious calling coming from inside the house the whole time? Ah, <laughs> <What, laughs> nice. When I said that they were too powerful, it's because they are. They are basically like the Guardians These dudes Mm. are like the Toymaker or the Black Guardian or the White Guardian. They are able to just manifest whatever they want to. Why is this the first time we've heard of them? Why are they all over the place? Wait, should we really let them live? Like, this is pretty badass. (laughs) They've done some horrible shit with their powers. Maybe they should be incarcerated in one of those pods. Anyway, pretty bad stuff. And also, please do not forgive them at the end. Yeah, they put the Earth back or rather they don't destroy the Earth, but they did some pretty bad shit. Yeah, uh, we don't know for certain that they've learned their lesson. Yada yada yada. Tim Shorty talked about him. Production value I thought was really good, with a few exceptions. Don't really need to go into those details. Greatest asset. You know what? I haven't written anything in this section. They- <laughs> <laughs> Is it the line, yippee ki robots? Oh, that was going to be my closer, but yeah. <laughs> oh, Sorry, no, no. I don't ruin it. it. Sorry. No, 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 no. Don't worry. I like that you said that. Yeah, you know what? It's cheesy. I like that line. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I-, I thought it was such a ridiculously silly thing for Graham to say in that scene. I can dig it. That makes one of us... <laughs> Really like Die Hard, man. Uh <laughs> biggest flaw, really, in Terabang, main takeaway you become your robot. And I've given this a rating of one point seven. Oh, yeah. right, okay. Go, oh, check out the big hearts on me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know what? GP Haynes primed GP. you. <laughs> he primed you last week by saying, Can't wait for next week, crying emoji, and we all expected a 0.2. Yeah. That's why GP, you've reversed psychology, Leon, into the- letting this one slide. Oh, that's really sneaky, devilishly sneaky, GP. <laughs> well done. <laughs> I would just like to say one more thing, yeah, before we head into Podcast Land's opinions, which is the Graham Tim Shaw showdown. Oh yes. Oh, disappointing. Just weak was my one word review of it because graham he starts off the scene being as convicted as absolutely determined to kill him as he was at any point in the episode and then he just doesn't.
0: And on top of that, all it takes is two of you to kind of discombobulate him with one single line, and then for one of them to shoot him in the leg, and that's it. Now you've won. Yeah.
1: Well, it's, This it's dude not has that... done some terrible stuff. Then maybe he's more difficult to combat. Well, so should a sniper bot be. That is true. That is less annoying to me than the fact that we know that Bradley Walsh is an excellent actor at this point.
0: Absolutely. I thought he did well. He he did did well.
1: well. He did well. But with any level of material, he would have been able to sell the change of heart to me, the softening, the going from Grace would have wanted me to kill you to Grace wouldn't have wanted me to kill you. But there's nothing there to sell. He just has to change his mind and there's no reason really given. There's nothing for him to think about, for him to play out the emotions and the thoughts on his face. He just has to not do it. The scene is that simply, boldly drawn. Yeah. And underdeveloped. Yeah, yeah. And Chris, if you can't do a whole second draft, that was the one scene you really needed to punch up. Just stay up an extra half hour, buddy. (laughs) Goodness sake You make the deadlines, you're the showrunner
0: Anyway, thanks for listening, Chris <laughs> So those are our ratings How about we listen to Podcast Land?
1: Let's
0: Listener Minis Now let's hear from Podcast Land Max 250 Or it would get out of hand Shazamatron and welcome to the Listener Mini section of this podcast episode Holy Smokeroonies and cheesecakes We have how many minis, Drew Meister? whoop Whoop, whoop, whoop <laughs> I had to count the whoops. Yes, that is right. We do have five listener minis. Oh, exciting stuff. I did catch sight of some ratings (laughs) just a second ago. Interesting stuff. Who's
1: first? Why, first up, it's Kieran
0: Evans. What up, Kieran? What's up, Kieran? (laughs) Kieran starts. Hi, folks. Hi, Kieran what is it with the titles this series what a mouthful of a latter half and let's be fair it's hardly a battle in the app a mild skirmish and still no cold open so we've had the entire series with one which is very strange for the modern series true garen continues
1: shrunken planets held in stasis chris you're just copying the pirate planet but have
0: forgotten the robot parrots by the
1: sky demon
0: Absolutely right, yeah. Oh my goodness, yes, that's so true. I'd forgotten that they do that. Oh! Okay, good stuff. Kieran continues, other than that, it feels a little bit generic. Like, I'm sure we've seen this kind of story before. In fact, Tim Shaw is doing a master plot, yes. See, the daemons and the time monster to name two. I will say, I didn't find it as bad as I thought it was on rewatch. (laughs) Hey! Like, it's not good or great, but not terrible. Okay. I partly agree with that. Okay, that's one man's
1: opinion plus another man's part opinion. (laughs) Kieran continues and concludes, yeah, I don't really have much to say about this one other than it's a little dull, but seems to be relatively well made. Not great for your season finale, though. And Kieran rates this 2.9 out of 5 frozen planets for your collection.
0: Oh, wow. Aside from numerically, I hear you, Kieran. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Nice stuff. People who are not Kieran can probably... They can find him and
1: inquire about the future of automotive technology at KJE
0: Vans 2. That's right. (laughs) And tell him we sent you. Use the promo code Kieran for extra mileage on your your rental van. (laughs) Thank you so much, Kieran. Thank you very much. Who's next? (gasps) Why, next up it's... Daniel. Daniel Daniel McGinley. Daniel, Dan- McGinley, Daniel McGinley. Daniel McGinley. Hello, Daniel. Sup, McGinley? <laughs> <laughs> Daniel McStarts. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Shit. Daniel McGinns. Yaz asks. Ran score of what? Never were wiser words said by a companion. I'll tell you what it is, Yasmin, the worst season finale of New Who no. so far. <laughs> Remember when it was a blockbuster event that got the nation and fandom excited? Upon hearing the baddie's
1: voice, who is it? The master? The dream lord? No, my friends, it's Tim Effingshaw. Shaw. <laughs> Surprisingly, the fam recognised him. Would be a minor miracle if anyone watching did. Deciding not to bring back previous enemies is fine if you then create new interesting ones. If I were playing top Trumps of Doctor Who monsters and was dealt any card from this season, I'd throw in my hand and go home, as I'd have no chance of winning a single round.
0: Here, hear. Doesn't time fly, Daniel continues. Ryan has gone from begrudging acceptance of Graham to full-on love affair. Love the line, universe provide for me. I'm working really hard to keep you together. Yeah, that is a nice line, actually. Yeah, she
1: could have said just as easily, and with no change in
0: meaning, writer, provide for me.
1: Show, provide for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, I like both of those. Good to see an homage, in brackets, exact copy, ah. says Daniel, of the shrunken worlds from the pirate planets. Oh, God, he's another person who remembered it. Well done. Could have done with a captain to inject some much-needed energy here. Mr.
1: Fibuli! In conclusion, Daniel McCludes, it's easy to slate this one comparing to any other finale, but it's the actually perfect ending encapsulating the sheer mediocrity of the season. Low stakes, check. Zero tension, check. Not helped by the elevator music soundtrack, oh. check. Crap
0: buddy, check. Endless exposition, check. Concepts introduced, never referred to again, check. Overuse of the sonic, check. Graham, the best and only interesting companion, check.
1: Luckily, only one moralising lecture. I guess it was 50 minutes long. Thus ending the regular season on 19. Hope you've all learned something. And Daniel gives this a rating of 1.9 out of 5. Okay, yeah, solid. Harsh. Not harsh enough.
0: Full of zingers, and I love it.
1: How is the worst season finale of Doctor Who to date? Only 1.9. Doesn't ring true to me. You know what?
0: Big hearts, Dan. Big (laughs) hearts. Okay, I love it. I'm digging this. Okay, not a lot of love for this episode yet. (laughs) (laughs) This is like in any other year
1: when we're watching Eurovision. Not many points for the UK yet. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Well, who's next?
1: Why, next up, it's GP Haynes.
0: What up, GP? GP! I say G, you say P, G.
1: Wait, what's the end? What's the thing at the end? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. G-P, Never mind. G, P. And then something else. And then else. I
0: usually just go, yeah, that's
1: right. Oh, okay. Yeah, but
0: <laughs> it's fine. Right, we, next, I, time. I, next time. Next time. We, 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 we got it. Next time. In the bag. Yeah. <laughs> you're welcome, GP. <laughs> Hello, GP.
1: You told me like 90 seconds ago.
0: <laughs> that's true, you're right. GP starts This is the one with the lady from Downton Abbey People with
1: glowing eyes The return of Tim Shaw Ryan and Sniperbots being totally stupid Again The doctor lays down the rules Graham vows revenge Yaz does yazzy things And 3,407 years have passed The last seven really
0: dragged though (laughs) A bit like this episode
1: There he is For the most part Jodie's first season was pretty good It's a shame it ended with a fizz Even the production was down on On this last effort, coupled with a rather average story, even the normally brilliant Graham was
0: slightly below par. I didn't mind our villain in his debut effort, Eat My Salad Halloween. Eat My Salad Halloween! (laughs) But this was a tired, lazy effort on the part of the writers. The Uxard never fully explained, nor how they can use their, quote, psychic powers, Why are there only two? Do they even reproduce? How did Tim Shaw even convince them to help him? I must have missed something as I was half snoozing. (laughs) And as a result, it's a boring, predictable ending. Uh. I'm
1: still rating this as average, though, because Doctor Who is like sex. Even when it's bad, well, it's still pretty good. Like pizza. (laughs) I mean, sometimes you break your dick in half, but. We'll get to Orphan 55.
0: Hey, it's better than nothing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And GP Haynes gives us a rating of 2.4 more rules that the doctor changes.
0: (laughs) Thank you very much, GP. (laughs) Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Just for... Who's next? That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Just for Who. Well, 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 Just for Who starts. If it isn't me about to backtrack on all my negative opinions about this episode because, and I can't believe I'm saying this, I actually really enjoyed this episode. Were there a few mishaps? Maybe, but let's do the positives first. The
1: pile of good things. Number one, the Doctor has
0: arrived.
1: All in full caps. Ah. Something about Jodie in this ep really set in stone for me. Who her
0: Doctor is meant to be. Very nice. Number two, Bradley Walsh putting his entire walsh (laughs) into Graham. The man can act. Yeah, no doubt.
1: Number three, the whole false gods and faith aspect. I'll eat it up every single time. Except for maybe the rings of a carton.
0: Nice, yeah. Okay, excellent list of good things. Now the pile of bad things. Number one, nobody can do what we do, say the Ox, as they smash a bunch of rocks together. Literally any four-year-old would beg to differ.
1: (laughs) And number two, realising this episode is basically just stolen Earth, but with visuals that are a gazillion times better. And actually, Jodie even sort of mentions that. Oh. Towing the planet halfway across the galaxy. Oh, yeah, you're right. Or the universe or whatever. That's true. Yeah.
0: All in all, from what I saw, Just For Who says, Tim Shaw, the dentist, got forced into retirement. Ryan said he loves his granddad. Yaz swore to stick by the doctor no matter what. And the fam saved the day. Was this an episode? Yes. Was it a finale? (laughs) Of sorts. Best bit? Twas a pretty funny one considering the plot. And
1: worst bit, the title. Because what the fuck, Chris?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, what kind of rating does Just For Who give this? A 4.0 out of 5. Oh, wow. Just Pooh, I'm so pleased. I'm so glad. You have a great attitude and a big heart. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Love it. I'm glad that people like this.
1: Yeah, even though I shat on it, it is Doctor Who, and there's quality there somewhere. Absolutely. And anyone can love any episode they like.
0: Absolutely.
1: Thank you very much, Just for Who.
0: Who's last?
1: Why, last, it's Michael.
0: Richway! Richway! Hello, Michael. Love you, Michael! Michael has provided a list of likes and boofs. Here are some likes. An old school quarry. Hurrah! Simshar is a false god on a spite-fueled planet-killing rampage. Some interesting religious stuff that no doubt Team Who back when have theologically decimated by time of reading. I ah, can't nice. be bothered. <laughs> Chippers, call me when you've written a
1: second draft and I'll engage. And Michael follows up with a longer list of beefs. beefs. First, beef. The Uggs are so gullible. How did these morons
0: become all powerful beings? Yeah, good question. Why will the Uggs have to sleep on the floor? They're master builders from the Lego (laughs) movie. Build a bed. Better still, take the beds off Paltraki's two-dead crew. (laughs) (laughs) Salvage some beds from the massive spaceship graveyard. Yeah, wait, hang on. These are all solid suggestions. (laughs) Yeah, goodness. Why are the Ux so
1: surprised at the TARDIS? They've seen tons of high-tech. I don't think they are so surprised at the TARDIS. I thought the whole point of the joke was Jodie was like, your minds will be blown, and they're like, dimensionally transcendental. Yeah, exactly. Completely fine with it.
0: Yeah, I I thought so too. I actually quite like that. It calls back to Tom Baker. It's nice. It's a nice touch. Mm -hmm. Next, boof. Why is this doctor such a wuss about killing baddies? I miss brutal doctors. The 10th doctor drowning the Ragnos' sprogs. (laughs) Six chucking people into vats of acid with a quip. That's right. And the 7th doctor Doctor. tricking everyone into killing themselves. Oh, I can't wait to watch that. (laughs) Let's not forget four of the first five doctors just merrily lumping
1: people onto being part of Uh, Rassilon's tomb forever. That's right. Horrific. (laughs) And Michael finishes with a lost opportunity hmm. for both a satisfactory end to simsha and a morally compromised companion. That's exactly what you were saying. Nice, yeah. Graham could have developed a bloodlust and
0: become Hannibal Lecter at the TARDIS. Oh, the score. oh here's my friend who agrees with me. <laughs> <laughs> And Michael gives this a rating of 2.6 out of 5 planets shrunken into amber or something. Did everyone come back to life on them at the end? If not, the Ux are still massive genocide criminals, right? They can't just pull the Albert Speer defense. How was this all resolved? It seemed like a ton of techno babble deducting this tribe to 1.6 out of 5.
1: Yes! <laughs> Thank goodness. I thought the whole of podcast land
0: rampantly disagreed with me. Oh, fantastic stuff. Thank you very much. Michael, people who are not Michael, can they follow him on Twitter? I believe so. They can. They can follow him at bird... <laughs> underscore...
1: Movie... Underscore... Club...
0: <laughs> Michael, so big...
1: Planet destroying weapon sized
0: big. Ugh. It won't fit. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait till we get to Flux. <laughs> and that neatly wraps up our Battle of Ranscore of Colons review. Slash bollocks. <laughs> Not the end of Doctor Who, though, and not the end of Who Back When. What have we got coming up, Dude Meister? Next up, we'll have a classic review, probably, of the two Doctors. That's right. Is that the 20th anniversary special? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I think so. I think it's sort of an unofficial 20th anniversary. I'm not sure. Sounds it's, like a huge milestone. It, I'm two out of three episodes into watching it. We're reviewing it tomorrow. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah? Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Who is the second Doctor? Trouton. Amazing! Troughton and Colin Baker. Yeah, it's great And wee little Jamie is back He's not so wee anymore He is a man Okay (laughs) That's in the Classic Channel Next up in New Who We've got Resolution
1: And dropping somewhere amidst all this Will be the next bonus episode
0: Of New to Who Back When Part 2 That's right And at some point in the Hopefully not too distant future In the short, medium or long term One of those Take your pick There will be an audio review of The Gathering That's right in the meantime, you can of course say hello to us, or we can be found online. Drew, remind me, where are you located? Dude, it rhymes with your podcast.
1: How do you forget this every single time? Our podcast,
0: and please remind <laughs> me, <laughs> it's <laughs> at Drewbackwhen. Oh, that is some absolutely delicious branding. <laughs> <laughs> you can say hi to me as well, Podcast Land. Reach out. I will reach right, oh, say hi. <laughs> I, will say- <laughs> I will reach right round back. <laughs> High-five me online, I will high-five you right back. I can be found at Ponken, P-O-N-K-E-N. Until the next time, thank you again. You've been a lovely audience. Rock on. Be rad and excellent to each other. And cha-chao. Bye-bye. Kablamo. Did you enjoy the show? Then please do what the cosmos compels you to and spread the gospel of who back when. Tell your friends. I've got no friends. No problemo. Tell some strangers. Hey! like us on facebook that's facebook.com slash who back when all in one word are you into twitter awesome high five us online and we'll high five you right back you guessed it we're at who back when all in one word And
1: lastly, give us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps our show get noticed and earns you lots of karma points.
0: That's it, rock on and be rad and excellent to each other.
1: Catch your ear balls in our next Who Review or bonus
0: episode. Until then, Chao Ciao! Who back when?